0: Hello and welcome to the SAF podcast. We are delighted this week to be joined by Nicole Sauter who is the Global Sustainability Director. Is that right, Nicole? That's
1: it. That's the one.
0: Um for Amex GBT. Thanks so much for taking your time to come and speak with us. We really do appreciate it. I just thought we'd start with um you giving us a bit of an intro and a bit of Bit of your background sort of a bit of life before mxgbt and um yeah just sort of you know how you ended up where you currently are
1: yeah sure thanks so much for having me on this podcast again nicole sauter yeah rather than regurgitating my cv allow me to share a quick anecdote for those who are wondering based on my last name and the ever prevailing accent of mine originally i'm from southern rural germany Think October 1st, think rolling hills. At age of 18, I decided to leave my pristine little village and go traveling and see more of the world. Fast forward 15 years or so, and I actually never returned home for good. I have a, another passport in hand, all because what happened is I ended up falling in love with travel with the many benefits that it brings. And I gained a, a strong sense of wanting, you know, to preserve the places I got to visit, which led me finally today um, to my career in travel and sustainability, and back to this podcast, by no means is my story special. There are thousands of people that are probably doing right now what I've done boarding a plane somewhere. But for me personally, I would not be on this podcast if it had not been for that flight taking me you know from Frankfurt Airport to Auckland in New Zealand in two thousand and nine or whenever to start with so hence my passion for building a net zero future for travel and my focus on aviation decarbonization specifically. Today, I'm Director of Global Sustainability, like you said, at American Express Global Business Travel, or GBT for short. And that means internally, I help lead our own organizational sustainability program. The headline there is our commitment to net zero. And externally, I help our corporate clients with managing and mitigating emissions from business travel. And that includes investing in SAP.
0: I mean, I think I'd start by saying I think everyone's got a special journey. So I, I think you're, you're doing yourself a disservice by saying you, you're one of many. I think everyone's got a very interesting story to tell. And we definitely believe that. Um, could you just explain a bit to us about what American Express Global Business Travel does and what your role specifically as the um, Global Sustainability Director sort of entails and how those sort of work together?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, American Express Business Travel, i CBT, is essentially a business-to-business travel, business travel technology and services company. So what does that mean? That means we work with around 20,000 clients of all sizes and profiles. Think SMEs, think multinationals. And we help them effectively manage their business travel programs. And that increasingly includes, you know, not just things like expense managements and actual travel bookings, But it also includes managing sustainability and mitigating carbon emissions from business travel and actually air travel is you know one of the most material and difficult areas to decarbonize within that and that's where i come in and that's where sustainability comes in in that business travel space
0: so that reads leads very nicely onto my next question about why why you're so interested in sustainable aviation fuel SAF why you think it's such an important area for you guys to be active in
1: yeah well i'll actually rephrase that question how wouldn't how wouldn't we be interested in South given our position in the industry and, and who we are um you know corporate clients that we work with are under increasing pressure um to deliver against environmental commitments often made publicly you know to meet emission reduction targets and their pressure comes you know internally bottom up from employees top down from senior leadership but also externally from you know shareholders business partners clients the public eye so you know great proof point for this is the science-based targets initiative you know the you know i suppose the most recognized international framework that is independent and essentially publicly validates net zero targets in line with science so it's all good and well that corporates shout about net zero um but the sbti actually maps emission reduction targets and progress against what was agreed as part of the Paris Accord, and uh, they ensure that, that, you know, emissions reduction trajectory covers direct emissions, indirect emissions, and value chain emissions. And value chain emissions obviously includes business travel and air travel. Um, and many of our clients, including Amex ourselves, you know, have committed publicly um, to science-based targets. And if you take the example of a typical professional services company, as many of our clients are, what's called scope 3.6, emissions from business travel, is often one of the most material categories in emissions overall that companies are faced with, you know, tackling to get to net zero. And finally, if we look at our clients, MXGBT clients' total carbon footprint from business travel, we know that over 90, 90% 90 of emissions actually come from air travel. So when we as AMEXGBT talk about sustainable business travel, we have to talk about sustainable aviation. And when we're talking sustainable aviation, I'm sure you'll agree, we must talk SAF because SAF today is the most viable solution to reduce significantly emissions from long haul air travel. Why? Because it's a drop-in solution. It can be blended with Jet-A, means we don't have to change infrastructure as is the case with even newer solutions, like hydrogen and electric. And then, you know, and don't just take my word for it. The airlines themselves under IATA have committed to fly net zero by 2050. And, you know, while stuff is absolutely not the silver bullet, we need all tools in the toolbox. However, it does account for 65% of the solution for aviation net zero by 2050, according to IATA. And that is why, you know, in a nutshell, I suppose, this is why we, as part of our own environmental strategy, have made it a key area of focus to help accelerate SAF and to help scale, uh, sorry, to help accelerate aviation decarbonisation and to help scale SAF.
0: That's a, a fantastic overview and I don't think anyone can have any arguments whatsoever with what you've just said. I think it's, um, yeah, it's great what you guys are doing. And one of the, I suppose, most well-known and um, interesting things that you guys have, um, sort of started doing over the last few years is your um, Avelia program and for book and claim. And I was just wondering, you know, how that came to be, um, how you ended up launching it and um, yeah.
1: Sure, yeah, I mean, yeah, Velia absolutely is one of our, I suppose, flagship initiatives when I talk about, you know, us making it a key area of focus to help accelerate aviation at zero and scale stuff. And, um, you know, from what I just said, You'd think surely we all fly on SAF today, because why wouldn't we? Sounds great. We can blend it. No infrastructure changes required. Corporates needed. Airlines needed. You know. In fact, if you look at COP 28, that just passed, announcements were made for the first time about transitioning away from fossil fuels. We also know that uh, aviation's global share in emissions is only set to increase significantly without concerted action today. Specifically, as other sectors like ground transportation are easier to decarbonize and electrify. So so what's holding us back, right? Why are we not all flying on SAF? Well, SAF has been around for many years. In fact, the first flight operated on SAF as early as 2008. Mm -hmm. Yet today, SAF is still a drop in the ocean, making up around maybe 0.5% globally, according to the most recent IATA reports. And the fact that we're not producing SAF at the quantities needed also means that SAF is still significantly more expensive than Jet A, and that green price premium of SAF hinders the scaling of it. And to help tackle that issue, back in 2022, we partnered with Shell Aviation to launch a corporate SAF program, whereby we'd aggregate the demand that we see for SAF as a solution to tackle business travel emissions from GBT's corporate clients, and we'd combine that aggregated corporate demand with the purchasing power of airlines, who in turn are already working with Shell Aviation on the supply of fuels. To make that program truly scalable, we built it, like you said, upon a booking claim mechanism. And that means essentially decoupling the physical SAF molecules from its environmental attributes. Both corporates, our clients and airlines in the program invest in SAF together and thereby spreading the cost or the green price premium across the aviation value chains. Corporates get to claim the scope 3.6 business travel related environmental reductions or attributes and the airlines get to claim the direct emissions scope 1 associated reductions. This is referred to as dual accounting and absolutely in line with standard accounting guidelines and to allow for easy application of booking claim, because I appreciate this all might sound a little complex, but to make this as easy and practical as possible, to allow for full transparency and auditability, our program operates on a dedicated digital platform that you mentioned, the platform is called Avelia. And Avelia was developed by Shell together with Accenture and the Energy Web Foundation. Avelia uses blockchain technology to track and trace exactly where in the world the SAF molecules were actually injected that our corporate clients invest in. It tells us exactly where it was injected, when it was injected, what feedstock the stuff was based upon, what sustainability certification it had, what kind of emissions reductions occurred. Plus, most importantly, um, we also allocate a unique blockchain ID to ensure no, no double counting so that no one else in the world can claim the SAF that our corporate clients and participants of Avelia have invested in.
0: I mean you, you said it there I think one of the the key bits to the Avelia platform and what you guys are doing is the transparency that it allows and um, it's one of the most important and interesting discussions that goes on in the industry is just how you actually make book and claim as transparent as possible. I'm just wondering how your um, corporate clients have um, received the program since it's been launched.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, we launched AVIDIA back in 2022 with a million gallons of SAF to start with, making the program one of the largest book and claim programs out there for SAF. Without any puns intended, when we first launched the program, we referred to it as a pilot program. Fast forward um, to today, and we no longer refer to it as that. We demonstrated that there is, in fact, real demand with a real willingness to invest um, in SAF from the business travel community. And especially exciting is we are with our program um, and over the past few years we are not talking about forward agreements and MOUs which of course are important but what we are talking about is investment in real SAF molecules that are injected into the aviation fueling system as we speak. In fact we ended up over subscribing at the end of last year with corporate demand to participate in our program and to invest in SAF, exceeding supply of stuff that we had available. And excitingly, we are about to launch our next iteration of the program with new stuff volumes coming online. And the participants of our program today include the likes of, you know, pioneering companies like Google, like Bank of America, Aon Insurance, and many other airline partners like JetBlue, Cathay Pacific, Emirates, and many more. And looking back at the journey over the past year or so, a key challenge to start with was actually demystifying booking claim as a way to invest in SAF. Why? Because corporates would come to us requesting that their CEO fly on the plane that burns the SAF that they invested in. And that's a great story, we love it, but we have to be real in that physical SAF molecules are extremely limited in supply today and highly concentrated around specific injection points like LAX. Now, we all share one big sky, right? And where the emissions reductions occur in the end, where the stuff is burnt, doesn't really matter. Getting that point across was key to the success of our program thus far. And of course, you know, I want to be clear, the point of arrival is the scenario requested. That stuff is available at all airports as standard. But booking plane is here and now, and allows to invest in SAF even when it is not available physically at your local airport, because we don't want to end up shipping SAF from LAX to, I don't know, Southampton Airport, adding more carbon to low carbon fuels. And corporates have truly come on board with this idea.
0: Well, I mean, it's fantastic to hear that you've been oversubscribed and there's such high demand, and you know, you've been so active in educating your corporate clients about sort of how it actually works and getting the um the message out about as you said demystifying book and claim so that's um really really encouraging and great news sort of going forward um you guys have been quite fairly aggressive with your um emissions targets and have set a target of 10% by twenty thirty is that right so how did that sort of come about how did you decide on that sort of number and how you're gonna hit it
1: Yeah, sure. I wasn't sure where you were going to go with with the aggressive there. But yes, 10 percent. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In 2022, you're right. AMIX we became the only travel management company to join the World Economic Forum um, and its uh, first movers coalition. And as part of that, we participate in a range of initiatives and have made a public commitment to what's called the Clean Skies for Tomorrow initiative. And that initiative is public and supports the supply and use of SAF to reach 10% global jet aviation fuel by 2030. Why 10%? Good question. Simple answer is science tells us we need 10%. We need at least 10% SAF by 2030 to reach that so important tipping point for production and to be on track to net zero aviation by 2050 with sufficient SAF available to help us get there. In fact, scaling SAF, today and in the near term I want to highlight today and in the near term for me it's not a matter of technology primarily it's actually one of economics in the short term we must scale stuff using the feedstocks that are available and that means waste fats and oils mostly heifer feedstocks yes that means we draw for now from a finite feedstock pool there is only so many McDonald's cooking sorry so many McDonald's fries we can eat right but this stuff based on hefa today is commercially proven and is key to kickstarting the industry, I'd say. In the medium to long term, we need to move beyond current SAF technologies and production pathways, basically moving beyond hefa and finite feedstock and towards technologies like alcohol to jet, fissure drops, and eventually power to liquids and e-fuels. Today, however, back to my initial point, we must demonstrate the demand for the stuff that is available through investment. Let's continue to use every drop of SAF via every player in the aviation value chain. In fact, SAF volumes have doubled in 2023, year on year, and I believe are expected to triple in 2024. But it's still, SAF volumes are still far off from the required volumes for the projected net zero roadmap. There, there are silver linings, however. There are many proven examples of substantial cost reduction, as seen, for example, in the deployment of solar energy. Solar has decreased by a factor of eight in volume between 2011 and 2021, uh, whilst increased capacity has uh, increased by a factor of 12. So, you know, the cost can come down significantly significantly as we scale the supply of it. There are proven examples out there. To summarize in two words, exponential growth. What we need today is a mixture of, I would say, humble optimism and bold action to get us to such tipping point sooner rather than later.
0: You mentioned McDonald's. I'd like to say um, <laughs> there are other fast food chains available. So um, it's not <laughs> McDonald's. So feel free to go wherever you see fit to have your fa- fast food fix. Um, you, you mentioned investment there, which um, we totally agree. It's a, um, it's a huge part of the industry and something that um, we look at really closely. Um, you, uh, you, being MXGBT, have invested in um, the United Airlines Future Flight Fund. Um, and I'm just wondering why, why you chose to invest you know, in the flight fund as opposed to sort of going out and investing in producers directly.
1: Okay, yeah. So number one, first, yes, there are other fast food chains, just to make sure you use a lot of, you know, waste cooking oils, because we need that for SAF, no, jokes aside, your question about United Airlines Ventures Fund, yes, absolutely. It's a great follow up from really what we just discussed about feedstocks. Um, SAF today, as I said, is heifer, an imperfect but vital solution in the near term. SAF tomorrow for AMX GBT and, and for the industry, I believe, is new feedstocks and technologies, and crucially, scalability. That is why we are investing today in the United Airlines Ventures Fund, the Sustainable Flight Fund, alongside other industry peers, partners, even clients of ours. And the fund is all about directing capital towards research, development and innovation. So it's a way for companies and consumers to come together and increase the supply of staff through the support of startups in this regard. So when I talked about, you know, Fisher, Fisher drops, alcohol to jet, new technologies, this is what... Um, United Airlines Ventures Fund is about, looking into new technologies and the future for SAF and Aviation at zero.
0: There's a lot of talk around the industry about the importance of mandates, um, especially from airlines in terms of signalling long-term demand when it comes to sort of new facilities um, getting up to scale and running in terms of attracting investment and um, sort of showing to the industry that there's sort of demand long-term for the SAF being produced. Um, what's your position on sort of business travelers, corporates, are they more important to the future of SAF than mandates? What's your sort of position on that? Or do they both have a really important role to play?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're touching on one important player we haven't mentioned thus far, government and, and the public sector in all of this. I mean, where the private sector, including business travel and corporates, can help accelerate change through, you know, research and development, mobilization of capital, investment, the public sector plays a critical role in creating that right framework to help streamline and enable that change and uh, you know we need climate action on all fronts so it's not really a matter of either or we need everything everywhere all at once as they say uh, in fact a shout out to the economist for a recent quote about roles and responsibilities and tackling climate change which really resonated with me and i believe can also be applied to aviation net zero they wrote something along the lines of. Climate change defies simple maths, because the sum of all individual pieces of the issue is actually not the same as the issue as a whole. Meaning, to solve for climate change and aviation at zero, we need transformational and systemic change. The kind of change that governments must help enable. With SAF, that means governments must help transform aviation. They must uh, help us increase, you know, SAF production capacity, help invest in self-production pathways and feedstocks, plus renewable energy to power everything, recognize a global accounting framework for booking claim in the near term, and also consider prioritizing aviation alongside other hard to decarbonize or electrify sectors for low carbon fuels. According to a recent IATA report, only around 3% of renewable fuels globally went towards aviation in 2023 mandates alone don't go far enough if we look at the example in the uk with the jet euro council a mandate here was announced for 10 percent south by 2030 with a target of five south plants in operation by 2025 however if you look at where we're at we're far from being on track to meeting this target today which is why now the government actually announced a consultation into additional measures such as a revenue certainty scheme there is no denying the most successful public policy thus far that I can see was implemented in the US, where most stuff is, you know, physically concentrated today. And here it was carrot, not stick, that got production going. So I'd suggest let's think holistically, not piecemeal, about how to scale SAF most efficiently and recognize the challenge for what it is, a global one, not a domestic or a governmental one. A mixture of measures will need to be employed including mandates, incentives, revenue, certainty schemes, you name it. But what is key across all of this is that we need essentially both. We need the private and public sector to lead and to work together to make this happen.
0: Nicole, that, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for giving us your time and sharing what American Express Global bi- Global Business Travel has got going on. Um, you're going to be joining us in London next month for our conference, aren't you? So we look forward to seeing you there and continuing conversation among industry peers at the end of February. So that'll be um, that'll be great. So yeah, thanks so much for giving us your time, and it was um, a really really interesting discussion. So thank yeah, you. Thanks,
1: thanks so much for having me, and see you at your event in London soon.
0: Perfect.